be fed. The Press Box. Welcome inside the Press Box and welcome to the Press Box podcast. Mike Grace for my partners, Chris Stewart, J.D. Byers. Glad to have you aboard as we give you a slice of what you hear each and every weekday on great radio stations around the state of Alabama and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. Want to find us? Easy to do. Just visit the website, PressBoxRadio.com. Check the affiliates page there. You'll see a coverage map and a full list of all the stations that carry the PressBox. When, where, it's all again online at PressBoxRadio.com. All right, no dilly-dallying. Got to get to it because we've got a double header for you today on the podcast. Coming up Saturday, some big games. We know Bama, Ole Miss is huge. Auburn at LSU is huge. But within the state, how about UAB? They're opening their brand new protective stadium in a big time matchup against the Liberty Flames. And also on Saturday, J.D. Byers and his Jags of South Alabama will open Sunbelt Conference play, try to stay unbeaten, but have a tough task against the uh, Louisiana Raging Cajuns who come to Hancock Whitney Stadium on Saturday. J.D. and I and Chris had a chance to talk to the Jaguar head coach. That's Kane Womack, who joined us inside the press box. So let's see if we can give J.D. a little something here to, to see if he likes this here. Go Jaguars. You good with that? Oh, I'm just enjoying it. I'm sure our guest is the head coach of the Jags. Kane Womack, his team 3-0. and Coach, we're going to have a wide out, closest thing to snow we normally get on the Gulf Coast. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I was. I'm. Uh, I'm excited for that. I think it was a great idea, and our administration's, you know, certainly uh, uh, backed it in full force. I think we've got twelve thousand white t-shirts coming in for Saturday, so uh, um, it, it'll be something, uh, something fun for our fans to be able to rally behind. Coach, your defense is, uh, you know, one of the big storylines, making headlines, is. You know, rushing defense, third in America. Red zone defense, third point conversion efficiency for your defense is number one in America. Talk about what the difference is and why is that unit so successful? Well, I, you know, again, I think um, I, I think the guys have done a tremendous job in the offseason of, of preparing themselves for, um, for a lot of different variables and scenarios. They've really worked – at, at owning our defensive system. And, and, you know, our defensive system has been around a long time. I mean, you, you know, you know this. My dad was a longtime defensive coordinator in the SEC and had a lot of success at a number of places. Um, but we've continued to try to make adjustments, hone things in, um, and stay relevant in the game of football. And we've make, made things a lot easier for our guys to come in learn and then adjust on the fly and a big part of that is is that vision coverage that we talk about all the time we we play a lot of vision eyes on the quarterback so we don't just cover bodies we don't just cover areas of grass we cover the bodies and the areas of the grass that the quarterback is looking to throw to and so for us being able to cover up those windows um, from a vision standpoint also allows us to be focused on uh, loading the box for the run uh, and then creating some some uh, some special things uh, in situational downs, you know, third down, red zone, as you talked about, uh, our success level right there. Um, and then I tell you the other big thing, and and this this is overlooked when you have an offense like ours that has so many different formations, so many different runs, pass concepts that we get to see in the off season. That's a leg up for all those defenses that maybe all they go against is a 10 personnel. Maybe all they see is option. Maybe they don't see as many formations or or offensive runs as we see. And that's a tremendous opportunity for us uh, heading into the season. 
you know, uh, in NASCAR, one second could be the difference between first and eighth place. Yeah. You have really good vision defense and really good coverage in the secondary. One more second could be the difference in creating a sack or a quarterback scrambling, extending a play, picking up a first down. And right now, Coach, you're 12th in the country in sacks per game. Well, you know, and you, you actually hit the nail on the head, and, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but, but think about – how important you think about vision coverage, right? Well, when you can put your eyes on the quarterback instead of being a man-to-man all day, you can create more interceptions, right? You can create what we call takeaways. Um, but at the same time, if you're a quarterback, and I've coached quarterbacks before, and you're a quarterback sitting back there, and when you drop back to pass, there's seven-plus bodies that are staring back at you, looking and moving everywhere you throw the ball – that's a little bit nerve-wracking, and so it forces you to hold the ball a little bit more. So what we found is as we started going to more of these coverages, it's not just the, the takeaways that you create in the passing game, but it's forcing the quarterback to hold the ball longer, and now our sacks have improved. So it's South Alabama hosting a 3-1 and Raging Cajun team. Only loss was their opener at Texas. Texas is a really good ball club this year as well uh, in Austin. Coach uh, Steve Sarkeesian's really got that program. They're coming off a win at Georgia Southern is Louisiana. Coach, the the off week has to be a good benefit for you after three pretty tough games. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we were a little bit banged up in the offensive line. Looks like we're going to get those guys back this week, which is awesome. Um, and then, uh, you know, just the bangs and bruises that, that you go through, you know, People always think this all the time, right? Well, you're just in the fourth game of the season. Well, really, yeah, it's the fourth game of the season, but you've been running fall camp, you know, since July 31st. So uh, we've been going for a long time, two months of of straight football, basically. So it's actually good for us to get a little bit of a break, uh, even a mental breather as we're going. Um, And then uh, I think we've really had to to work on some things just ourselves. I mean, the first three games, I'm – happy as can be to be three and oh and yet at the same time i think myself and everybody in this building has an urgency to get ourselves better because we are not where we need to be heading you know into conference play and and to accomplish the things that we want um so i think getting to do that was was tremendous to focus on ourselves coach kane womack with us the uh the head coach of south alabama jaguars and, and coach it's chris and i'm just i'm just curious uh how the guys do respond to this you know was it was it different coming into the building on a game week such as this i know it's early but it is a new staff and you can teach them schemes you can teach them how to respond to football situations but teaching guys how to respond to success can sometimes i think a lot of a lot of places and a lot of times be one of the tougher challenges how interesting yeah. how tough has that or or is that are we far enough along that that's even something that you deal with with your team no right yeah i mean chris we're yeah we're not even we're not even close to being out to operating at a at a high level there i mean we we um we have found ways to win games um and and we have operated with what we call a neutral mindset um which regardless of success or adversity that comes across, we just work and we just do our job over and over and over again. Um, and, and to me, 
you know, when you have young men, right, 18 to 22 year old young men that, you know, some some of them got things going on in their personal life, some things, you know, some of them handle things differently. It's an intense situation on game day. Some of them have won everywhere they've gone and they've never really had to experience adversity until they got to college. So all those things, teaching young men to just do their job over and over and over again is the hardest thing to do in college football. And for our program, you know, consistency has been our biggest challenge over the years. Even when I was here before, you know, we we go knock off a team like Mississippi State the first game of the season, and then two weeks later we're, we're battling an overtime against an FCS opponent. You know, we beat San Diego State, who was ranked 19th in the country, and then, you know, uh, a week later we drop a game to, a, to a, an in-conference opponent. So be, building consistent young men that can operate with a neutral mindset, not too high, not too low, just doing their job at a high level over and over and over again, regardless of success or adversity. That, to me, is what we're building here. We're not there yet. But when we do, um, that's when we can reach our full potential. If you ain't got enough to worry about as coaches, not just y'all, everybody in the country, now here comes this uh, deal where you, you, you're not talking to your players, you're talking to your employees, for crying out loud. Uh, how does how does that get dealt with, and how are the kids handling the – the headlines and the news that just came out about the the uh, the new labor law ruling and and does that even make its way into the meeting room at all? Well, you know, I I think I think always if you're if you think as a coach, you know, well, you know, something we just get to be in our own little bubble, right? There, there's too many outside factors, there's too many outside influences on your team that you have to protect yourself from, and so that's why. We talk about it all the time. Look, you know, we're all unique individuals. We all come from different backgrounds. We have different skill sets um, and, and different things that we can contribute towards the team. But everyone has to sacrifice a piece of themselves to be a part of something that we can accomplish greater than any one of us individually. Right. So that being said, it, it does. I mean, you have to acknowledge that there are issues. There's things out there that are going on in, in these young men's lives and in, in the game of football in the world today. And I think the coaches that know how to navigate that, right, that understand how to connect to a player where he is, not say, well, this is where we are over here. This is what we're doing. And you better get on board, right? You better be able to connect to the, each player where they are, what's going on in the world. And then at the same time, loop them back into the vision of what we can accomplish together despite those adversities, despite the successes you had, regardless of what's happening, just go back to work. And that, to me, is what builds a a winning culture. Coach Kane Womack's the head coach of the Jags, South Alabama. They host Louisiana night game 7 o'clock this Saturday at Hancock-Whitney Stadium, and it's probably really easy to get them up for this game. Uh, Louisiana, on the other hand, a week from Saturday, will be in an ESPN2 showdown against App State, and they've been in Sunbelt Conference title games against each other. Coach, this is a program that has never lost to a West Division opponent. I know there's probably got uh, a ton of ways to get your team motivated to be focused for Louisiana this Saturday. Yeah, I think so. I mean, here's the biggest thing is you look at um, you look at uh, uh, Billy Napier and what he's been able to accomplish at Louisiana. Um, you know, they're, they are the, they're the standard bearer on our side of the league in the West. I mean, you know, they've won the, uh, the Sunbelt West for the last 
three years, um, and he, they're in year four of their program. So to me, what I'm most excited about is we get an opportunity to kind of test our will and see where we are. We're in year one of our program. We're building things. We're, we're certainly in, in a fortunate place to be, you know, 3-0 and and all that stuff headed into conference play. Um, but we get a chance against a standard bearer in our league to be able to say, okay, let's test our will against these guys. Their, their culture is established. They're three years ahead of us in just every category, basically, right? Because they've, they've been doing it for a long time together. They know their schemes. They've recruited well. They've uh, owned their culture, right? All those things. Um, and it's a good chance for us to just go, okay, where are we, all right, to this point? And, uh, and then regardless – of the successes or adversities that come out on game day, we will get better from this as a team if we move forward with that mindset. South Alabama head football coach Kane Womack, whose Jags have a huge matchup against Saturday as they host the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns, should be a fun one down in Mobile. Meanwhile, in Birmingham, UAB Blazer fans will open the brand new Protective Stadium. Finally, we get to play football in that great new home for UAB Football head coach Bill Clark and his team will take on the Liberty Flames come Saturday. And we talked about that matchup and the new stadium with the voice of the Blazers, David Crane, who joined us inside the press box. I told somebody I've got a 43-yard line seat, window that opens and shuts, and air conditioning. What more? That's a good thing. You had to be involved. I mean, you're. Come on, you you had to be involved in the design, though. I mean, you're play-by-play guy, brand-new stadium. They had to get everybody involved, I'm sure. Well, you know, the good news is there are a lot of smart people in this world and people that have been in a lot of press boxes. So they did not need my help in in designing this one. And it's it's great. It, I cannot wait for Saturday night for the fans. Um, that That's, you know, the most important thing. It, it as long as I got a view and and the power works and I can get on the air, I don't I don't give a flip, you know what the rest of it's like as far as the press box goes. Right. It's all, it's all about the fans. It's all about the players. And so I think they have done everything about as as right as you could possibly do it with this stadium. And and cannot wait till Saturday night. I was trying to think, did you and I do the last Iron Bowl at Legion Field? We did. On we television. Did. Wow. We did. That was also I I can't swear to it but i think may have been the last time they cleaned it <laughs> rumors rumor has it i i found out the way to do a game at legion field though i did one last friday night i did couch? i did pleasant grove uh and clay central at legion field from uh the early family studios in Sylacauga. <laughs> <laughs> I said it that way because I knew you'd appreciate it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's beautiful. Look, now look, we all joke, we all kid, we all make everybody makes fun of Legion Field. We, we've done it for years. UAB leaves Legion Field with, with more good memories than bad. Yeah. And yeah. and especially since 2017. Sure. That place was special for UAB. There was magic there. I hope they have bottled some of that. Uh, and are sprinkling it on the field at, at Protective Stadium right now. It, it's it you know it, at one time it truly was the football capital of the South. It's not anymore, but it was UAB's home, warts and all, uh, and it was it was special for the Blazers. But it, it's it's time. And our in in the irony is that 
you know, you're doing this this now at UAB in this era. I was involved on the front end when they went 1A. I was not involved when they were D3. Club football, D3, and then 1AA briefly, and then 1A, I believe, is, is how the progression went. Uh, my first game was their first 1A game. I was on the sidelines at Auburn, Terry Bowden's Tigers, uh, beating Watson Brown's Blazers. But I know for UAB – just from talking to people back then, I'm talking mid-90s, it was a big deal to get to call Legion Field home. So now to walk into this beautiful brand-new stadium that literally has across the front of the press box home of UAB Blazers, put that into context, what that means. Because people that haven't been now, David, not just the stadium, but everything that is around that, this is not the old BJCC that's right there in the shadows. It's, you got, you've got a ton right there, uptown, all this. It's a different area than it's ever been. It is. And, and it's, you know, it's a perfect size um, for UAB. It's really a perfect size for the bowl game that's going to be played there. It's right in the middle of Uptown. There are restaurants, there are bars. There's plenty of parking. Uh, they've, they've studied the numbers and done the math. And with the decks and the lots and all of that in the, you know, the convention center, civic center footprint, there are plenty of parking spaces. They're going to be running shuttle buses from campus for the students. And, and I think probably anybody else who wants to hop on. So it it's perfect. It's just perfect. The, the only thing that would make it perfecter is if it was sitting in the middle of campus but yeah you know this is phenomenal and you go from from absolutely nothing in 2015 and 2016 late 2014 or late 2015 2016 whatever the case you know you're non-existent with no facilities whatsoever to having the football operations center the legacy pavilion to to live and practice at and now you have this stadium and you know again you go to legion field and you play a game there full of memories and and good feelings and all that stuff but it it didn't feel like home these guys walk into this new stadium and all they see is uab stuff everywhere green paint everywhere um home of the blazers all over the stadium and so it's just a remarkable turnaround. We, we've talked about it. We've laughed about it. It'd make a great book. It'd make a great miniseries, a 30 for 30, a movie, whatever. Um, but it's it's a remarkable story. And this does, it, you know, the, as the commercials say, this is this is not the end. This is the beginning. But it does sort of feel like a, a somewhat of a finish line in right. this return process. And then you get to start all over again and, and start building those memories in this new home. You could play it at Legion Field. You could play it at Lawson Field. We played in your backyard. This is a big game for UAB coming into the season. There was there was talk of Liberty being kind of a dark horse if they could win one of their their early Power Five games that they would be a uh, a fringe team to uh, to get into a a Big Six bowl game deal at the end of the year. Uh, they're still good. They're still talented. They've still got a well-known head coach. 
But it's the Blazers that actually, I think, come in, according to the people with shiny things out west that are picking them to uh, to be the favorite. Yeah, the the, the smart guys uh, think UAB is uh, is going to win by about a, uh, a half of a field goal, I think was the last I saw. Um, Which, not easy to kick, by the way. <laughs> if you're not in Canada, getting, getting one of those half field goals is, is a challenge. But um, I – it is, and, and Coach Clark chuckled about it on Monday night on his radio show. You know, we're all so excited, and it's going to be a great night. But then, oh, crap, you look across the field, and you're playing a really good team. It yeah. would be nice to have a rummy in your first one there at Protective Stadium. But, uh, you know, Hugh Freeze is, has had success everywhere he's been. Um, Malik Willis, we all know about Malik Willis in this state. He is a dangerous, very dangerous dual threat quarterback. But what I think goes a little bit unnoticed through four games, and, and the schedule dictates, obviously, sometimes what your stat sheet looks like. This is a very, very good Liberty defense. And so they have not given up a bunch of points or a bunch of yards really to anybody. And, and they very easily could be 4-0. They sort of um, – buggered up the, the Syracuse game late last week uh, up at Syracuse. They they probably should have won that game, should be here 4-0, maybe in the top 25. But that doesn't make them any less dangerous than they are. And, and it doesn't <laughs> – Bill Clark's still not sleeping this week, getting yeah. ready for Saturday night for any number of reasons. And Liberty uh, is, is very, very high, if not at the top of the list. So the, the Georgia game got off track early. Uh, Georgia will what, make what uh, what Georgia I understand game? well therapy's worked well you've you've clearly put it out of your mind yep. but that is an example of of one of the two best teams probably in the country uh and a team who's who's better than they played playing about as bad as they could play for a stretch and it got out of hand you, you're talking about flushing it moving on obviously UAB's been able to do that as well what is it for, for somebody who hadn't seen UAB, hadn't followed it, whatever, what is it they hang their hat on right now that makes them a team that is still the favorite within a solid league? It, I think it starts with defense. Um, that's Bill Clark's calling card. Uh, and, and that's what made the Georgia game doubly disappointing or nauseating or whatever descriptive term you want to use. Um, to give up the points, to give up the yards, the big plays, to not get pressure on a quarterback, to have people just running wide open down the field. It didn't look anything like a UAB defense that we've grown accustomed to seeing. It, it is Georgia. They're the number two, maybe the number one team in the country right now. Um, and, and I think it was disappointing to, to have that type of performance on a national scale. And I think it really – I hate to say helped, but it certainly motivated. And the defense has been outstanding uh, the last couple of weeks. The offense has gotten better. Dylan Hopkins uh, in at quarterback now, and and he has been incredibly efficient. Uh, he's got some good weapons around him. But it starts with defense. This is a, an aggressive bunch. Uh, they will hit you. They will cover you. Uh, they will pressure the quarterback. Um, so I, I think – Containing Malik Willis this week is is job number one uh, for the UAB defense, and not sure we've seen a quarterback like him uh, in a while. So it, it it will be interesting to watch how it unfolds. Will be look forward to hearing you. Happy for you. Happy for all my friends that have been a part of UAB from the uh, the beginning. Followed it. It's uh, it's very very special. I know 
on that campus and for people that have invested so much time, effort, money into getting to this point. And I'm happy for you. I really it, am. And, it, it's, you know, it's fun. It, it, it's more and more fun each day. Um, I, the, all the attention locally it has really, uh, not all, but there has been a tremendous amount of coverage uh, and it is appreciated. Uh, there, there are a bunch of big games involving states in this team, uh, teams in this state this week. Um, and so for UAB to continue to get the coverage, I think speaks a lot to, um, to Bill Clark, the job he's done, the, the athletic department as a whole, uh, everybody that supports it. So um, it's, it's fun. And uh, hopefully we put on a good show and have a big time on Saturday night. David Crane, voice of the UAB Blazers, helping us set up what's going to be a fantastic weekend. UAB at the new Protective Stadium. South Alabama, big matchup at home in Mobile at Hancock-Whitney Stadium. And, of course, Alabama, Ole Miss, Auburn, LSU. We'll talk about that and much more on tomorrow's show. It is the Press Box and the Press Box Podcast. If you like what you hear, a couple things you can do for us. Rate us, review us, and subscribe. Make sure you get the new ones each and every time they come out. And if you would do this, this would be a huge favor. Tell a friend about us if you like it. They can find us on Apple and Google Podcasts plus iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever they find their favorite podcasts. All they have to do is search for Pressbox Radio 1. That's Pressbox Radio and the number one for the Pressbox Podcast. Until next time, for Chris Stewart, for J.D. Byers, I'm Mike Grace, and that's the Pressbox Podcast.